Hey guys, today we're teasing out attachment. Is it the root of all evil in relationships? I invited Kelsey Grant on the show today. She's a relationship educator, and she and I are going to be talking about why personal development self-help oftentimes misses the mark on our basic relational understanding. Unfortunately, a lot of high-functioning codependents tend to be drawn to this space and end up taking sort of the lion's share of responsibility in relationships, which has them bypassing or overlooking a lot of toxicity and dysfunction, which is why it's so important to understand what healthy attachment looks like in your life. She and I tease out fusion versus attachment, being directly related to our needs so that we don't come off as needy. We even talk a little bit about spiritual narcissism and her own personal relationship at the end where she helps you understand the difference between dating and relationship. So join us today. Thank you for being here. And here is your intro. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Human Radio, where I bring you the next generation of transformation topics, guides, teachers, and concepts so that you can develop a deeper, more loving, more holistic relationship with yourself, and as a result, have better relationships within all areas of your life. We are multidimensional beings, and we need to learn how to work with, honor, and acknowledge all aspects of our whole human experience, which is why each week I'll be bringing you uncommon, sometimes unpopular conversations where I deconstruct and demystify these high-level, one-dimensional concepts, self-help topics, empowerment, spirituality, and relationship principles that can sometimes leave us feeling more at war with ourselves, more dissociated, and like we didn't get invited to the secret spiritual sorority where everyone just thinks positive thoughts and it's all of a sudden manifesting magic and happiness all the time. So thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Whole Human Radio. Today I have Kelsey Grant on with me and she is going to be helping me tease out this overly simplified concept around attachment, which unfortunately gets tossed around as the root of all evil dysfunction in relationships. And Kelsey Grant is a love and relationship educator and I asked her to do this topic with me because the other day, Kelsey, you posted this <laughs> truth bomby post and I was like, yes. And I knew you got it. Like I've been following you and your stuff for a long time. So I already knew you understood the layers and the nuance that go into like mm-hmm. healing all this stuff and what it takes to really build back an emotionally intimate connected relationship with ourselves. And then as a result with others, but this concept of attachment so often gets demonized and so many people who are genuinely coming to people like you and I in this space to find greater understanding keep bumping up against this wall that attachment is bad, attachment is wrong, attachment is dysfunctional, the root of all evil. And so I wanted to talk to you today, like, is about attachment and is it always dysfunctional? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I'm so pumped because you're right. Like there's so much misinformation out there. And, you know, when you're dealing with things like Instagram or Facebook and you have a limited amount of captions or like caption space, like there's no way that you can really unpack these things and give them the respect and, you know, attention that they deserve in 150 characters. Like if you're on Twitter or, you know, in a couple of paragraphs on Instagram or like a 10 minute video, even 
Right. Like there's just no way. And I think we live in a culture where everyone's looking for that quick fix. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of people are looking for that quick fix. Mm -hmm. And like the whole philosophy of like this meme will save my life. And it drives me crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy because an Instagram quote isn't going to change your life if you don't have like the skills and the determination to change your behavior. And so like there's so much misinformation just given the limited amount of you know time you you get to express these concepts you know yeah and I think unfortunately I think that these concepts aren't they're not even taking into account that people don't have like the tools and the information to really explore what's going on for them when it like say it comes to something like let's let's say a dysfunctional attachment but we're going to dig into that in a little bit like really what what I think they're trying to say when they're talking about or demonizing attachment because I I I don't anyway because but I do want to talk about healthy attachment with you first but yeah it really bothers me too because I feel like it leaves the sort of spiritual intellectual or seeker with all this more education but without really um a really really the tools I don't think to mm-hmm. even understand where their imprinting or their attachment issues are coming from. So let's have more realistic conversations, which is what you and I are doing. <laughs> and, and yes, and definitely in this format, it's obviously much easier. So um, we're not making any one concept wrong, but I do think there is a ton of misuse in, in mm-hmm. some of this jargon, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm with you, sister. <laughs> So, so let's, so you really went off the other day and I was like, you know, screaming hallelujah around like this healthy attachment and like how essential it is to like healthy emotional bonding and connection and that we're like wired for this stuff. So let's talk about, let's just talk about healthy attachment first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, you know, based on my, my education, my background, but also just my personal experience of being in a relationship it's very difficult to have a great relationship if you're not connected and bonded to your partner. Mm-hmm. And when we get into this headspace, and I certainly got that narrative when I first came into personal development of you need to you know, do this all on your own. Personal development is personal oh, and yeah. it's about you. It's always about you. And as a chronic over-functioner, mm-hmm. as a chronic over-giver and, a high functioning codependent. I love that, that term. <laughs> <laughs> this whole concept of like it's personal development, it's all about me. Yes, that obviously like hit a lot of chords for me, but then it also just fueled that dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Because what it had me do was explain away bad behavior, mm-hmm. justify not being met, um, and also just take more accountability than was mine to take. Yeah. And I also find that it would, exactly all of the above 110%, but I also find that it has people demonize or pathologize what would look like, say a normal grieving process (laughs) when they're letting go too. like, Oh, I'm just attached. I shouldn't be attached or that's just my attachment stuff. So yeah, there's like this overdeveloped sense of responsibility, which I'm right there with you, which I think, I don't think you and I are unique. I mean, I, I've, my education and my experience has been that most of the people drawn to this space are, do fit into that category because we're emotional Mm -hmm. internalizers. We're the codependents. We're the people that think it's our responsibility to fix heal 
heal the world. And so, of course, we're going to go inside and look at ourselves and be drawn to personal development or self-help mm-hmm. and take on the, you know, the, the lion's share of responsibility and then not see all this toxicity and dysfunction that's happening around us. So it can be detrimental in that way. And then also because it's like, well, how does someone, why no one really even knows how to like go through the normal process of letting go. They, they, they make it wrong and label it as this or demonize it as attachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Attachment really gets the worst rap. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And have you looked up the definition of attachment? It's not, there's no. nothing wrong. Like it's like yeah. Webster's definition is like, you know, a healthy form of empathy and connection with another human being. So I'm not even sure how, um, it got such a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think where it, at least it came from, for me, like where I started to hear that attachment was wrong was more in spiritual circles mm-hmm. where it was this whole concept of being attached to an outcome. Uh-huh. So, you know, trying to control someone else's behavior or trying to control your destiny. And I understand it in, in the sense of non-attachment in that context of you got to let things unfold and you have to give people free will to, you know, act as they're going to act. I mean, they're going to act how they're going to act anyway. So Mm -hmm. you trying to control that only stresses your system out and it sucks all the joy and sweetness out of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, and then it like kind of crossed over into this world of dating and relationships where it seems like people who, were promoting being non-attached in the dating space were somehow like morally and spiritually superior Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to people who, you know, those lowly humans who get attached. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Like, are you kidding me? Like our, like our initial entry into this human experience is through complete fusion with another person. I know. I know. And, so like attachment and being connected is a critical part of our survival. Without it, the human race would not exist. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know. No, just keep on going, girl. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, oh my God. this, this think- is why I love this stuff. Cause like there's so much psychology that just gets bypassed in the spiritual <laughs> self-help world mm-hmm. that is so essential mm-hmm. to understanding for our own healing, self-connection, um, a personal growth journey. We have to deal with our psychology, right? Totally. And what I think a lot of personal development misses is that there's not a lot of relational development inside of personal development. Right. They're like two different tracks. Right. And so when people get into personal development, it is very, you know, self-centered, yes. not in a negative sense, but like you're centered in yourself. You get to know yourself on a very personal level, and that is great, and we need that awareness. But then we also need relational development. We need to know how to relate in a functional way Mm -hmm. with other human beings because if we're just running off of our conditioning and most of us, you know, we're imprinted with not the greatest model of how to relate or do relationships. Uh And so we end up just replicating what we witnessed as children and what we experienced as relationship, not just in our family system, but also in our educational system, maybe in our friends and family circles growing up and what you know we were exposed to in terms of television, TV, movies, 
you know, even advertisements on billboards are giving you a lot of suggestions on what a relationship is and what it's not. Mm -hmm. And if we don't ever challenge those paradigms and unpack them because what we see on TV is not real. Right. What we see in a movie isn't real. Like movies highlight the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Right. Not it doesn't make for good dramatic cinema to <laughs> capture the realness of a relationship. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And I and I and I'll just back up. I've met like probably one or two people who have really great family of origin or attached. I mean, and like even people who are walking around, like you said, I always call myself a high functioning, or I called myself, or or I call myself whatever, um, you know, a high functioning traumatized individual. It took me years to unpack the trauma that incurred in my life. And my life wasn't like overtly traumatic. There was no sexual abuse. There was no physical abuse, but the emotional attunement, attachment, and, um, you know, love gaps were absolutely there. And it took me in personal development, I almost feel like for a long time, because I was plugged into so much self-help and per, in positive mm-hmm. thinking for so many years, it almost kept me away from all of my attachment, quote sure. unquote, stuff. And so, of course, I was still recreating these really toxic relationship patterns and had no clue how to be in relationship to mm-hmm. someone else. So I really love that you brought that up, that personal um, that personal development doesn't have this um, relational development aspect, and so learning mm-hmm. how, learning about that is is essential is essential um, to creating 100%. new patterns. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't know how to connect to another person, if you don't know how to listen to another person, if you do not know how to repair after there is conflict, your relationship is dead in the water. And then we end up just existing with other people and feeling so alone inside of a relationship. And I, I find that incredibly frustrating because it doesn't have to be that way. Right. People can feel fulfilled and connected and enriched through their relational experience. And, you know, the relational science out there, thank God it's been around for a while now that we can start to really rely on this. But, you know, the science shows that people who are in healthy relationships are happier, they're more productive, they're more effective, and they live longer. Yeah, yeah. So what is, so, so what is, what is the health, so other than healthy attachment being, obviously essential to our survival and then also to our health and wellness and happiness. What does healthy attachment look like? If you want to kind of illuminate that, um, for a few, for a few minutes, if you, if you think that's. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the relational science world, it's called secure attachment. So secure functioning, right. Where, and you know, there's either the camp of avoidant, mm-hmm. anxious, securely attached. Those are the main three. And then there's the avoidant anxious, which is like its own little demographic, but not as many people fall into that. So they really just focus on those three areas. And so a healthy, functional, secure attachment is where you have two people who, this is how I like to think of it, two people who are connected to their individual path in life. Like I, I know what I've been put on this planet to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm living aligned with my purpose, but I also have the capacity to connect and merge with my partner. And we have this third path that we create together. So we have the path of our relationship, 
and we're interdependent. So I can go off on my own and have alone time and that doesn't threaten my relationship. And my partner can also do the same and it doesn't threaten the relationship because of how we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And so we really prioritize ensuring that our relationship stays this very safe and clean bubble. So like our couple bubble stays clean. It stays safe. So his emotional safety is priority to me and my emotional safety is priority to him. And if there's something that threatens the container of our relationship, we address it as a team, as a united front. So it's like us kind of against the problem instead of us against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's a beautiful way. I mean, I, I, I've heard you say that before, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up again. Um, today so so there's obviously attachment there in your relationship mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> yes there is <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of attachment in our relationship and that's what does it go well but the attachment isn't fusion mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i think that's maybe the distinction that needs to be made like my partner and i are very attached we're very securely attached with each other and so that means i can feel him I can feel him on an emotional level. I can feel him on a spiritual level. And then I understand him on an intellectual level. And obviously, like, we're physically in each other's space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So perhaps with this, like, what – so let's just so – for the sake of the discussion today so we can make, you know, more distinctions and bring more clarity – And so the people get that you and I get what they're mean. So maybe what they mean by this unhealthy attachment is neediness, right? Like maybe this, like this, um, sort of tunnel visioned grasping, I got to make the most out of this one type of situation where you can't see that someone can't meet you. Right. So maybe that's, let's just say that's what the self-help world is trying to say by unhealthy attachment. How do you get to a place where you can even deal with, let's say, your neediness if you don't have healthy atta- – if you don't even have an awareness of what healthy attachment is or what your mm. attachment issues are. I mean, that, so that, mm. that's where I get really sort of upset is a nice way to put it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm telling you not to be needy. And your problem is you're just overly attached to this one person, but underneath all that is a much deeper issue going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think at least like for the work that I've done and the work that I have the privilege of doing every day, um, making even that distinction between neediness and having needs. People who are needy are people who pretend that they don't have any needs. Hey guys, this is a perfect place to pause and tell you how much I appreciate you being here and listening in today. I hope that you're finding something helpful, inspiring, or acquiring something that could help you along your journey. If you are, please share with a friend that you think may be inspired as well. It also helps us out when you subscribe to the show in iTunes and anywhere else you may be listening to your podcast. Also, leaving us five-star reviews is incredibly helpful as well. 
And I would love to see you over in the Whole Human Tribe on Facebook. That's where you can find out about exclusive Whole Human happenings and get more personalized and live coachings and teachings that I'm doing. If there's anything you'd like to see here on the show, please feel free to email me or and or sign up to be on my list, which would all be over at meganblanchard.com. That's Megan with a Y. And I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening in. Enjoy the rest of your show. I love that. Yes, because they're totally dissociated from their needs. Mm -hmm. So the first piece of reclamation is even just uttering the words out of your mouth. I have needs (laughs) and that is normal. (laughs) It is okay. Yes. Like this is the first step guys. (laughs) You have to admit that you are human and you have needs. Now, the reason why it might get stuck, you know, in terms of being able to even say that to yourself out loud, and it might feel really weird and be like, who is this chick? She's totally off her rocker. Like, I'm, I'm not needy. I don't have needs. Like, well, that is a conditioned response to not having your needs met in childhood. Right. Right. Or be somehow being traumatized through, yeah, yeah through trying yeah. to get them met or whatever. Exactly. Yep. And, like there, and it could literally, it, it doesn't have to be a big T trauma, which would be like abuse. Right. Um, it could be one of those smaller T traumas, something like bullying mm-hmm. or something like, you know, a, a parent or a, a caregiver is really angry at you one day and you internalize their anger as being your fault. And so that is what would be considered a small T trauma and it's trauma nonetheless. And so that, that trauma gets anchored to needs and we villainize needs. Like if I didn't have any needs, this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And so then we build an identity around trying to not have needs because needs equal getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And what we need to unpack is that it's not that having needs is what got you hurt. It's that there was someone in your experience who didn't know how to relate to you properly. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how to connect emotionally to you. And if people are disassociated from their own emotional interior, it's very difficult for them to hold proper space for yours. Right. Right. And so when we start to see our caregivers as, you know, children of caregivers, (laughs) you know, it, it humanizes them. And instead of being put on this pedestal, like they're untouchable and, you know, they could do no wrong, which is what the child in us wants to do. Like, even if there has been abuse, like we will want on some level to protect our abuser. Right. And so we have to kind of dismantle all of that in the sense of, okay, it wasn't you having needs that was the root of your, your pain. Right. It was the inability of those around you to attune to your needs properly. Right. Absolutely. And we won't go off on too much of a tangent today around what that looks like, you know, unpacking some of that, uncovering that, releasing that, healing that, all that emotional um, grief work that sometimes goes into healing that you and I both know. That's a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm. in and of itself. But I do love that you're bringing up this idea that if, as long as we're disconnected from or disowning the fact that we have needs or that as long as we're not related to our needs, 
we're going to, in essence, show up needy or in more of a, more from a place of neediness in relationship. And some of these relationships, some of these relationship scenarios where it feels like we're attached in the bad word attached, Mm -hmm. I'm wrongly attached. It could be your neediness showing up because of some Mm -hmm. underlying stuff where you're not related to your needs in in some way, shape or form. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it's like three main categories. Like we're disassociated from our needs. We have either we don't have the language around our emotional world. So we don't know how to even identify our emotions. And then we also usually suck at boundaries. So those are the three building blocks I find when someone is like, ah, I'm like too attached or like I'm chasing this person that I know is bad for me. And, you know, I'm needy and like, I don't want to be, and I don't want to be having all these feelings. Well, no, this is all very normal. Like, you're supposed to have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> really, Kelsey? Like, it's yeah, not- <laughs> like you're you're not a robot. Like, part of what you know when you signed up to be a human, part of that contract that you signed was I agree to have feelings. Yeah. I agree to be an emotional being who is conscious of my emotional state. Yeah, you 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 made that agreement when you decided to be a human. Mm-hmm. You know, and we reject that part of our humanity. And as long as we're rejecting parts of our humanity, we are going to be bound by our shadow. Which is why self, the, the, the overly simplified commodified self-help and spirituality is so frustrating to me because it's almost like it's reinforcing all of this stuff for most, for a lot of people because no, because no one has the tools to go in and connect and get more emotionally intimate and, and deal with some of the underlying hurt and feelings and stuff mm-hmm. that happened to us. I mean, I know that's, I know that's a lot of what was going on for me. It's like, I was so well adjusted and so well educated. And then like, still, it took me even years to even see like some self-worth stuff. It's like, what? No, like intellectually on an intellectual level, I want, like, I know I have self-worth, but anyway, so the same thing with like the attachment stuff or whatever, it's just, it's not this over, over simplification of attachment doesn't help you guys. (laughs) Sure doesn't. You know, but you know what it does do? It ensures that you keep doing the same things over and over and over and, you know, getting the same result that isn't the result that you want. Right. And so as soon as we see that patterning and we become aware of it, then we actually are empowered to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if we start admitting that we have needs and normalizing that, like it's normal to have needs, like it. And if someone told you along the way that it it wasn't, that person was a liar. Yeah. And you need to reject what they said to you (laughs) and embrace what we're saying. Like, it's so normal to have needs. And if you've conditioned yourself to be disassociated from your needs, this won't be an easy or instant reclamation. Right. Yeah, I think, I don't know how, what kind of questions you get on your back end, but I can tell you that like on my back end, it's, and it's really upsetting. I call them spiritual narcissists. These guys, I mean, I'm going to say guys, but there could be just as many women, but that are using this terminology in relationships with women, like, oh, you know, like they want, they want this like free love or open relationship or they're, they're just, they don't want to put a label on the relationship or whatever. Ugh. 
<laughs> and then they tell the the females that come to me, you know, you're just you're just attached. And so these because Ugh. I know, and because because traditional overly simplified commodified self help doesn't really help build back a sense of self because I believe that a sense of self like you and I discussed at the beginning is not just about it's not just about looking at myself to see what's wrong with me it's about developing a deeper emotional relationship with myself being oriented related to my needs blah 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 so because they don't have a great sense of self they really they 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 actually question this stuff right and like and I'm like I'm trying to explain to them at the same, while at the same time coach them to develop a better relationship with themselves, but also trying to explain to them, like, look, these are manipulators. These are pe- mm-hmm. people that are probably on the personality spectrum. Like, this is not, um, this is not healthy or okay if someone's telling you that this, like, this person, if they were a really conscious individual, should be walking away from you and saying, look, we're on two different pages if you want a monogamous, loving, intimate relationship, and I don't, right? Instead of badgering you or, or telling you that there's something wrong with, you know, this mm-hmm. you or whatever. But, yeah, I, so I see that a lot, too. Um, oh, that infuriates me. Like, so much of the spiritual community, I find, is laced with that. I know, laced, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And like this, it, it you know, ladies who are listening, and you know, guys, this can happen to you too. So like, everybody, listen up. If someone says that to you, all that they have done is filtered themselves out of your life. <laughs> they did the hard work for you. Yeah. Like, thank them and be like, thank you. Next. No, you know this because I just saw you, you did an IGTV video about this other day, but there's imprints that get us hooked, right? In these, Mm -hmm. in these toxic situations. And it doesn't make sense to our logical, rational adult self, right? And there's like, and that's once again, back to the imprints and the underlying stuff. And then we kind of start to get at at war with our intellectual or rational adult wise woman, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows better, but she's kind of emotionally hooked because of all that imprint stuff that hasn't Mm -hmm. been seen or acknowledged because we've totally disconnected from our humanness or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if there's anything else you want to add around that, I totally welcome. And then I'm going to ask you a question about Mm -hmm. something else in a minute. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a a big issue with people who gaslight other people. Mm -hmm because they don't like the answer, you know, and I find, and it tends to be like in the spiritual community where there's a lot of men being like, Oh, like open relationship. Let's just go with the flow. And like, we don't need labels. Labels are for those mere mortals, you know, like, Oh my God. But like in terms of secure functioning relationship, you actually do need to define the parameters of your relationship. Right. Okay. So when women like kind of push for that commitment, it's, you know, I kind of see it more as like we are really pushing to define the parameters of the relationship. So you know where your boundaries are. Yes. Yes. You know what is okay and what is not okay in terms of your couple bubble. And 
you know, polyamory is fine. Open relationships are fine. I'm not villainizing that at all. As long as both people enter into that union out of their own free will and they're not doing it to either make the other person happy or hope that one day they'll convert to a monogamous relationship. Right, right. You know, so we have to be really, really intentional with our, ourselves in terms of, okay, why am I doing this? Does it feel true and right and aligned in every ounce of my being? Or am I taking what I can get? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so you, like every person will have to make that distinction for themselves. And I just personally have never seen a really secure, functioning, open relationship. Yeah, I haven't either, Kelsey. Like and I've wrestled with this on and off over the years um because you know, you know, because I don't want to be black and white about stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. on a mission to get rid of black and white thinking because I think black and white thinking is what gets us into trouble and it's not real life and granted black and white like some of this stuff in self-help and personal development can be very black and white um and it's a tool, but it's just not reality and sometimes it's a necessary tool certain black and white platitudes to get us out of, you know, an emerge, get us out of a dangerous situation. But, um, uh, the open relationship thing, I just find more and more, especially when I come into personal contact with these people, Mm -hmm. um, which has happened recently, it's just them not dealing with their shadowy stuff around relationship Mm -hmm. and intimacy. Totally. And the more, this is the cool thing, the more aligned and attuned you get to your inner world, the easier it is to literally sniff that out in someone else. Mm -hmm. So you can sniff out and like your body will give you cues. Like for me, when I'm around someone who hasn't integrated, um, my skin starts to crawl. Interesting. And like, I've had strangers come up to me and be like, Oh, like you seem so inspiring. And I'm like, thanks. Have a nice incarnation because I can feel that they haven't done their their reclamation work and they're kind of coming to me to be like a surrogate source for what they need to heal in themselves, but they're not willing to touch. Yeah. And I, I will not play that game with them. And then I can also feel like, you know, I'm a part of, you know, a, what you might call a conscious community up in Vancouver. And there are some people that like, when I'm around them, my skin crawls and I feel like I'm going to vomit. Interesting. And those visceral experiences in my body only get stronger the more integrative work that I do personally. Yeah. Yep. I tell people that all the time. Like if you can't just do this mindset training, positive thinking work, you're never going to get re- like reassociated um, or embodied. And I mean, my, my sensations are totally different. It's definitely gut mm-hmm. type stuff or like, it'll feel like it's more like my root chakra or something feels off. And it's, mm-hmm. isn't it funny? Like mm-hmm. how our minds are so wired to try and make sense of it. So like, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm a loving, you know, forgiving person. I'll give someone like one, you know, not like one more chance. I'm not, if you, if you overstep a boundary, it's, mm. you're pretty mm-hmm. much done, but like, I'll be willing to be like, okay, let me just see. But 99% of the time there's something and it doesn't mm-hmm. take long to see right with these people that they're really, totally. um, she's got some like, shadowy stuff. That's the whole point of having a dating phase. And this is where people get into trouble is that they collapse dating and relationships. Uh-huh. So you you actually need to separate the two. They're two distinct phases. 
Dating is the period of time where you are sussing out if there's actually enough alignment to have a relationship, whatever form of relationship that's going to be, if that's going to be an open relationship or if that's going to be a closed monogamous one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you've got to go through that dating phase to be able to really assess like are our non-negotiables in alignment with each other. Right. And the must haves for my relationship life are those there and like the would be nice to haves are those there too like so you find out all of that information in a dating phase but for a lot of women who are over functioning high functioning codependents the first date they've already started a relationship with this person in their head right right can i ask you your personal opinion on sex in the dating period Yes, you can. What do you think? Um, yeah, what do you, how do you So think? I, because every relationship is different, mm-hmm. um, this isn't like a one size fits all model. Yeah. But my personal philosophy and what has worked really well for me is taking a good amount of time <laughs> to build a connection before even considering sexual contact. So my philosophy is I look for physical alignment. So am I attracted to this person? Do I like how they smell? Like are my pheromones like, yep. Okay. We dig you. Um, emotionally, am I aligned with this person? Have I been able to reveal parts of myself and be met? Do they respect my emotional boundaries? Mm -hmm. Then intellectually, Do I feel challenged by this person? Can I learn from them? Um, Do they inspire me to grow and develop? And then spiritually, do I feel like a higher sense of connection to this person that is, you know, more than just the day-to-day minutia of, you know, living life? Is there something more spiritual to this connection? If I find that all four of those areas line up, then I'm willing to test for alignment sexually. Because for me, like as a woman, the second I have sex with someone, my capacity to assess that connection properly goes out the window. Yeah. Because of all of the hormones that are saturating my brain, (laughs) telling me to bond to this person. And those same chemicals literally put on rose colored glasses. And this is all science. So this is so cool that science has discovered this. But those chemicals actually prevent you from seeing red flags because it's the same chemical that bonds a mother to her baby. Right. So you're being literally bonded to this person like a mother would be bonded to her child. And there's a reason why a mother doesn't really see any imperfections in her baby because if she did, she might just leave them. I love that distinction. I mean, I love that you're bringing that up. I mean, this is, yes, I didn't even think about it that way. Um, but so true. <laughs> yeah. So, true. so I can't, I can't trust that once I've had sex with someone that I will be clearly able to assess alignment Okay. Good. because I can't. Yeah. And so that is my personal reason for waiting. And, you know, people don't like that, but that's cool. Like you do you and like, this is just the the process that has worked for me and it's been very effective. Like my partner now that I'm with is extraordinary and I am so blessed and lucky and privileged to be in a, a relationship container with him. And we took 
we started talking in January. We didn't even meet until May because we lived on opposite sides of the country. So we literally talked for January, February, March, April, May, uh-huh. five months. And we had to build up all of these layers of connection. So I actually got to flush out like three of those categories. Yeah. Like physically I knew that I found him attractive, but obviously I couldn't sniff out the pheromones until we were in person with each other. And then, so when we finally met in May, then we moved into a a different phase, which was the dating phase because we realized like, okay, like what's going on physically here works for me. And like it worked for him. And then we started to explore that sexual alignment. And then we took, you know, June, July to really assess like, okay, are we able to give each other what the other person needs? Do we have the same philosophy? Are we wanting to be in a relationship for the same reason, mutual purpose? Um, and if that is a yes, then we will enter into a relationship. We didn't enter into a committed relationship until August. Okay. Wow. And so we took literally from January until August to assess our alignment. And because of that, like there was so much security and safety that had been generated. Mm -hmm. So you had healthy attachment with him because you took your time and you, yeah. So I love that we kind of were able to bring it back to, to healthy attachment. Um, And I'm, and I'm right there with you, Kelsey. Like that's where I've gotten at, at this point in my life as well meaning, you know, I'd done it the other way for many years and it didn't work out, didn't work out. (laughs) So the definition of insanity, doing the same Mm -hmm. thing over and over Mm -hmm. again, but also too, as you get older and you start to do this work, I, I mean, honestly, a really beautiful result of doing the inner work for me. And I, once again, don't mean the mindset training and the positive thinking. I mean, doing the inner, the emotional intimacy, the grief work, the meeting myself fully and wholly in all the parts of myself that I'd ever disowned or, or not, or just disowned or shoved away because they were negative or whatever, or tried to talk myself out of, you know, no more, that didn't work. So when I started to really meet myself in this different way, the, concept of me being a love-based being or a sacred being went from being conceptual to experiential, right? Mm. And so then Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really, it was really, it becomes very difficult to act in ways that are misaligned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of my worth. So I can totally consciously decide if I, you know, say I wanted to like have a sexual partner just to have a sexual Mm -hmm. partner, but it's just not fulfilling anymore because of the depths of Mm. intimacy and relationship that I have with myself. Now I'm really, I really yearn to have that with somebody else. And so I'm very committed to waiting until I find that in order Mm -hmm. to enter into a relationship. And I do think, um, you know, and I don't feel like, you know, and I feel very good about my life. There's no neediness, Mm -hmm. you know, when in dating anymore, there's no, I'm not saying there's not like a disappointment, like I'm, you know, dating, if something doesn't work out, we're misaligned, whatever, there might be a small disappointment, but um, there's definitely a much healthier feeling when I go into dating um, now as opposed to before. And I don't Mm. feel like I'm getting tripped up by all these situations Mm. that leave me hooked or leave me feeling like I'm attached or whatever. Um, anyway, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but, um, I love tangents. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, just, just go, just go with it. Um, 
more thing that I would love yeah, to say please. about healthy attachment. Yeah. Um, is that healthy attachment doesn't equal perfection. Okay. And it doesn't mean that your wounds won't rise. Right. So I think, again, thanks personal development, but like this whole idea of like a secure functioning relationship, well, if it's securely functioning, nothing should ever be going wrong. And you should have dealt with all of your shit before mm-hmm. you got there. Or, right. But that, that's, that's not the actual case. Like, right. Or raise your vibration it, in order to manifest oh, the right partner. Oh, barf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, like, a securely attached relationship isn't one where you are this – perfect being I mean we're all perfect in our imperfections but like this person who never gets tripped up like the secure functioning relationship is a container where both people can bring their wounded parts and their partner has essentially the antidote or at least part of the antidote so like for me and my partner like one of my huge things is rejection uh-huh. And humiliation and betrayal. So those are like the three core wounding issues that have been running for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And so he has this way of being with me where he's able to soothe those parts in a way that no one ever has before. Yeah. He stands them and he he asked me straight up, like, what is it that you need to hear in order to feel soothed in those moments? And what was interesting is that the way he was already meeting me mm-hmm. was already so soothing, but he gave me space as well to claim what it is that I actually need to hear in those moments when I'm super triggered and when I'm meeting those old parts um, for him to essentially remind me that, hey, we're on the same team here. Yeah. And I'm I'm your teammate, you know, and that's really what a secure functioning relationship is, is we're teammates and we, we meet each other's shadow. And like, there are times where he gets tripped up too. And, you know, I've, I've had to ask him the same question of what can I say that would be really helpful because I can try all the things that I think are going to be helpful, but it's easier to just go to the source and say, you tell me what you need to be soothed in that moment. And that required both of us to have a certain level of self-awareness before we entered in. Um, but also a commitment to one another's healing Mm -hmm. and our relationship becomes the safe haven for these parts that were always misunderstood or they just were pushed on or those wounds, like they just got more salt poured in them. Like he helps me like begin to heal that wound. I love that. So you're giving people, literally you're giving people permission to like still be triggered, still be imperfect, Mm -hmm. even though they're in a healthy attachment situation. Just because you're getting triggered doesn't mean that it's an unhealthy, it's really how your partner and you show up for each other. It's whether or not, like you said, you're being soothed or you feel like you're in a safe space, but the stuff still, like you said, it's going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's not like we're and let me also just dispel this myth. It doesn't mean that we're always like super conscious about it. Like sometimes we're assholes to each other. (laughs) Like sometimes I'm very difficult 
to be around and to, you know, be in a relationship with like human beings are annoying Mm -hmm. and being in a relationship, like you're essentially saying, okay, I accept your brand of annoyance. Right. And I, this will work for me. I'm willing to work with this and you accept mine and we're in this together and I don't expect you to be perfect. I don't expect you to always do it right, but it's how a couple repairs Mm-hmm. after the, those moments of conflict that actually determines whether they're secure functioning and whether or not they're going to last. Right, right. Good point. Good point. It's how they repair, right? Yeah. It's right. Not making the other person feel bad or shaming them or manipulating or whatever. And all of this obviously requires a lot of, um, you know, a lot of healthy attach, understanding our attachment issues, mm-hmm. our stuff, our inner world, and then being able to come into relationship and be able to choose a partner who can meet us in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, before we, I, I'm going to give, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people uh, where they can reach you, what you're up to in the world, how they can find um, more of your stuff too. But um, just in general, I just kind of wanted to say like, it's, basically I feel like you and I are in agreement that like, attachment really at the end of the day isn't this evil thing and, mm-hmm. and even desiring something wanting some sort of outcome in life there's nothing wrong with this guys mm-hmm. like it's our inability to see reality it's our mm-hmm. it's when we come into relationship with um you know these blind spots that we don't know are there that keep us hooked into these people that just aren't good for us or whatever but like on a basic level we all need healthy connection and healthy connection requires attachment Mm -hmm. it certainly does and you know if you have that dream for an extraordinary partnership where you're met and it feels good to be in amazing just stop picking the people (laughs) who can't give that to you right (laughs) you know like I know, and and I know it's not that simple because there are these complexities underneath. But like, if we just kind of bring that simplicity to yeah. our conscious mind, it helps us to stay the course, right? Because there is someone who wants to co-create that dream with you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have that dream. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up too. Absolutely, and it's just a matter of like we're fishing in the wrong pond. Yeah, and some yeah, fishing in the wrong pond. And what I tell some other girls too, sometimes who are a little bit frustrated because it's you know it's in, to their minds, it's taking them a while to meet someone. And like it, Kelsey, I don't. I mean, I've been single for forever, and it could be the pond that I'm swimming in here in Houston, Texas. You know, I don't know, or it could just be that there's two people's life. You know, there's another person's life that's coming together too. You know, there's mm-hmm. timing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, stop. So I def. But on an energetic level too, um, stop choosing the people, the wrong people too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My partner just did a really great post about this last night of, you know, your romantic destiny. The person who's your romantic destiny is when it's aligned, when your head is like, yes, this person is good for me. Your heart is like, yes, I love this person. And timing mm-hmm. has both choose each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we need all three aspects to be functioning in tandem with each other. And you're right. Like when relationships require the participation of another human. And so your person might just be cleaning up Mm -hmm. some stuff that they need to clean up so that they're ready for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You are living your life and enjoying everything that you're up to and you're living on purpose you won't be so consumed by why haven't they arrived yet. Right. And stop beating yourself up with personal development or law of attraction that there's something yeah. still inherently wrong with you. Like you said, yes, keep living your life, loving your life, living on purpose, and it'll mm. happen. If you just mm-hmm. let go of attachment. <laughs> <laughs> yep. True. And be open, like be yeah. open to it unfolding in a way that you could never even imagined. Yeah. Because your conscious mind has very little access to the infinite. Right. And so when we try and fit our destiny into this very small box that our conscious mind has generated, we might actually be blocking or like swatting away energetically the ones who are like, uh, you called like, you wanted a life partner who wants to love you and cherish you and like do life with you and like build this really great love relationship. And then you like, all you need to do is turn around because I'm, I'm right there. Right. And I think, I think you're actually illuminating what we've been kind of trying or dancing around or talking about or trying to tease out is like, that's so that, that, that tunnel visionness. that's, that's actually what the attachment is is so it's like it's got to happen this way it's going to happen this way or I want it to happen this way whatever there's so much more there's so much more that the divine plan could have in store for you so not being so hell-bent and and determined on it happening you know in a timeline I mean I know people like legitimately there's concerns around having children sometimes but um um you know, I do believe like you do. And I think that's kind of a spiritual belief, you know, more of a spiritual belief that if you have the desire, um, there's, there's somebody out there for you. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if I had had tunnel vision, like I was obsessed with making Keith Urban, my husband for the <laughs> longest time, guys, it didn't work. It just didn't work. You know, the closest I got was like side by the stage at one of his concerts. But it, it really didn't call him in no. as my husband. Yeah, exactly. However, right. the universe had something much more exquisite in store for me. Because, I mean, I, the, the whole obsession with Keith Urban being my husband... All that was was a projection of all of my wounds of like, these are the things that I never got. I'm just going to project those onto him. Like he has all those qualities. I don't know anything about Keith Urban personally. Yeah. Like I don't know who he is as a human. I know he makes great music and he's an attractive guy. And like, if that is the basis of choosing a life partner, you're already in trouble. Yeah. What, what, um, hold on, Kelsey. Is he married? Isn't he married? Yeah. I'm, I'm, that didn't get your- don't worry. This obsession started like a long time ago. Like I, I'm talking like the year 2000, like the year I graduated from high school, he okay. kind of came on my radar and I was like, I'm going to marry him. And I, I also, to recap, I also did this in grade seven. I saw this guy I was in a performance choir and I saw him across the room. We were doing a dress rehearsal. He was wearing a blue choir robe and I was like, that's the guy I'm going to marry. And what ensued was a 15 year obsession of this push pull relationship with this guy who would never fully commit. Wow. And like that relationship was released in 2009. Okay. And so 
when we have that tunnel vision and we're like, that's the one, like we set ourselves up to be tortured. Yeah. Yeah. But he was obviously jingling all your bells. He was triggering all your, all your stuff for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, he's unavailable. I have to chase him. Well, this is exciting because I had, you know, in my love template, you know, unavailability equals love Mm -hmm. and drama equals love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with those two, you know, imprints, of course he would jingle all the bells and I would be like, yep, there's my husband because he fits that template perfectly. Right. And I find myself, you know, in 2019, um, in this beautiful, healthy relationship with someone who is an artist. So he is artistic, but not in the way that I was like, I'm going to be with a musician. No, he's not a musician, but he's an artist. Yeah. And he is also a relational educator and fiercely passionate and a, like just loves nerding out with me about love and relationships. So like literally all the things that I've always wanted have manifested in this person, but I didn't even know necessarily that I wanted those things until I did all of that work, made all of those mistakes, had tunnel vision for Keith Urban and, yeah. you know, all yeah. the stuff. Yeah. 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 And so it brought me to this destination where I was like, huh, I'm just going to create my life for me instead of living in someone's shadow, instead of, you know, operating from this position of like, I don't have any needs. I'm good. I'm, I'm the cool chick. Like I'm so laid back. Like, um, and then like underneath that was like so desperate for love and validation. And so I learned to start validating myself. I learned how to start pouring into myself and soothing that child in me that wasn't soothed in the way that I needed to be in order to feel really secure and stable. And so once I started to reparent myself, Mm -hmm. it set me on this whole other path where I wasn't looking for a relationship. And we hear this all the time, like when you're not looking and it shows up, but I really wasn't like I had decided I'm like, I'm going to have a placeholder relationship. And so I dated this guy for a few months who was literally a placeholder until the stars aligned and Jamie slid into my DM on Instagram with a comment about country music. And I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, I love Keith Urban. And I was like, excuse me. I'm like, are you serious, yeah. Kelsey? This is hysterical. Oh, it's this- so funny. Like he loves Keith Urban. He loves country music. We're both obsessed with Nashville. And like, there were so many like weird synchronicities, but also, you know, so why aren't you down here in Houston, Texas right now at the Houston rodeo? Like <laughs> that I avoid. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, like, it's just so funny like, how it all came together. And like, I wasn't expecting, you know, to connect with him. And like, we knew about each other, like being, you know, on Instagram and but we didn't know each other. And then just one random day, we start chatting and here we are over a year later in this beautiful relationship. And he lives in the same city as me now. And like, we're building this beautiful business together and this beautiful life together. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that story with me and thank you for being so passionate and thank you for being so open and thank you um, for helping me 
with this topic. I mean, obviously, you and I could probably geek out on a lot of stuff. So, um, but I think this was a, a really a good place to start. And I hope, um, and I want people to be able to find you to um, be able to explore your work further. So, if you want to give people um, your information and, and and how to find you, what you're up to. Yeah. So. The best place to find me is on Instagram, even though Instagram is down today as we are recording this podcast, like it's not working properly, but that's where I'm most active. Um, We're also about to launch our website, legendaryloveacademy.com, and that's where we're going to be doing a lot of relational education. So obviously I'm very passionate about this and I want people to have the tools that they need to be functional and to build healthy attachment, to build those healthy emotional bonds within the container of relationship. And so my partner and I are putting together a site where we've got a couple courses already and you can just essentially go on there and pick the thing that you need for your relationship and take the course that you need or you can do the membership where we do two call train like two training calls every month and there's different tiers for that but um so we're actually on the front lines doing this relational education and then you also have access to all of the courses that we've designed and um so we're so excited that should be officially launching towards the end of April. We've got our podcast that's going to be popping out in a couple of weeks, the Power Couple podcast. Oh, cool. So, I didn't know you were yeah. up to that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're up to a lot right now. And <laughs> but the best place to find me is on Instagram. What's I your handle? It, because I don't think you uh, said that at the beginning. Radical self-love. Okay. okay. And or you can just search my name, Kelsey Grant, and I will pop up at the very top. And um all of my links to my work are in my, my bio link. So, um, you can just shoot me a message or you can go to my personal website, kelseygrant.com. It's not up to date, but you can contact me there too. Okay, cool. Cool. Hey, so, you know, if you made it this far, you're like officially a whole human triber and we're bonded for life. My deep, deep request is that you help me out and subscribe in iTunes, leave a five-star review if that feels in alignment. Um, maybe four star, you know, I don't know, three star, whatever you feel like you need to do. I'm just a human starting out in something that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So hopefully I'll be better in six months. Please come find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Remember, I do not take myself too seriously. I'm just sharing the wisdoms and the insights that I've gained from being on my path. Um, here for this space for 23 years. Um, definitely not an actualized human being that resonates with you share it with a friend you think might be inspired as well this is so funny i know no one's listening whole human the hashtag is a great way and megan blanchard the hashtag is a great way to um, get into contact with me also at my website meganblanchard.com that's megan with a y and um, sign up to be on my list for exclusive invites and private content that you won't get anywhere else from me and all love thanks for being here